from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for CUNA's Credit Union Magazine. This week's guest is Shalanda Dawkins, Senior Vice President and Chief Operations Officer at United Community Credit Union in Galena Park, Texas. Dawkins began her career in marketing and continues to be an innovator in that field. She serves as an advisory board member for CUNA's Marketing and Business Development Council and as an executive board member for the Cornerstone Credit Union League's Marketing and Business Development Council. This year, she also organized a Credit Union Marketing Roundtable that attracted professionals from more than 20 organizations in the Houston area. Those leadership and networking skills earned Dawkins the honor of being named a Credit Union Rockstar by Credit Union Magazine in a special edition of the publication sponsored by Pfizer. Dawkins recently discussed her Credit Union career and United Community's reaction to Hurricane Harvey in a conversation with my CUNA colleague, Adam Mertz. Jalanda, obviously, Hurricane Harvey has been in the news here for the last month, and we've seen and heard about the devastation in Houston. What has it meant for folks like you on the ground there? What what has happened in Houston? Well, Houston was definitely devastated by Hurricane Harvey. There was flooding everywhere. You know, our members were dramatically affected in a way that we have never really seen them affected before. You know, we've had storms before here in Houston, and they would affect, you know, parts of town. You know, Houston is a large area, so it covers a lot of territory. Mm -hmm. This storm affected everyone. There's millions of people in the city. Everyone was touched in some way by Harvey. So a lot of our members lost everything. They lost their homes. They lost their vehicles, you know, there are fatalities in the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so devastating, definitely devastating, something that we, we hadn't seen before. Um, so our employees really stepped up. They really, they were calling in, they were volunteering. The, the very first thing the CEO and I did the morning after the storm was to start calling. We have about 50 employees. We called every single employee. We text every single employee mm-hmm. to ask them how are their families doing, you know, where were they at, are they okay, um, are they safe, did they lose anything, and unfortunately, we did have some that had some pretty significant losses, um, but the questions they were asking is, how do we help our members, what do you want me to do, when can we come in, you know, I think I found this back road and I can get to the credit union, I'm going to go check on the credit union, and so that touched us so much that in the middle of, of all of this tragedy, they were still worried about you know, our members and making sure that our members were taken care of. So when we were finally able to open up our branches, we opened up on a volunteer basis. So, you know, family is always first for us is when it comes to our staff and, you know, take care of your children first, take care Mm -hmm. of your home first. So only come into work if you are able to do so. If you're not, we understand, you know, we understand you're still going to get paid. You know, don't worry about it. We got it. Um, in the numbers of employees that volunteered to come out to work to help members, and the the number of members lined up outside saying, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. You know, did I have gap and warranty on my auto loan? I don't know what to do. I've lost everything. And we were able to help them. We worked over the weekend. We opened up our branches hours that they wouldn't have normally been open, you know, to help these members. And so it was really a huge community effort. Um, but I was speaking to some of our friends at Cornerstone uh, at a recent event, and I was telling them of all of that, of all the work that it took to overcome kind of some of the devastation in our in our local area, 
um, one of the things that touched me the most was when we finally kind of started getting our feet back on the ground. It's the first week after the storm, and I checked my email, and we started getting emails from other credit unions in the industry. You know, we got emails from Emily and Courtney out at our, our Cornerstone Credit Union Foundation. Um, our corporate uh, corporate America called us and emailed us, and all of these people were calling to check on us and see how our credit union was functioning after the storm, but most importantly, they were calling to say, we are here to help your staff. Has your staff lost anything? You know, has anyone on your staff lost their home or lost their cars? Have they been misplaced during the storm? We have funds. We're taking in donations. We want to help you. Do you need water? We're going to ship water to your credit union. And hey. just know that we work in an industry that people care that much. Yes. You know, that that was something we weren't prepared for. You know, in business continuity, you prepare for, you know, if there's a, a, some downtime, can we work at another location? You don't really prepare for what if my branch manager loses her home? What if my, you know, tellers don't have cars? You're really just not prepared or even equipped to, to deal with all of that. So to have people reaching out saying, hey, this is going to take funds. We're going to help them to get their home. They can't work and function without their homes being functional. So we're going to send money down. We're going to send grants down for your employees to help them get back on their feet. That, that was super important to us as a credit union. You know, I imagine the magnitude of that help, and you've seen it for other storms, but it's always different when it happens to you, isn't it? Absolutely. You never think it's going to happen to you in this way. This is something you see on the news and it's far, far away and, you know, you feel bad about it and you make a donation to your local charity and then you move on and you go to the mm -hmm. next thing that day. You never know how it affects you when it's in your neighborhood and when it's such a mass event that it affects so many people around you. The people that would typically step up to help also need help, you mm -hmm. know, so so that's a huge thing to think about to prepare for from the uh, from the member end are you seeing a, a chance to help out people in terms of loans uh, either kind of just to carry them through or rebuilding have you already started to see that roll in or is that still developing Absolutely. Day one. That, that, those are the, the first calls we received after the storm were people saying, you know, oh my God, I've lost everything. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Yeah. I have everything at the credit union. You know, what can you do to help me? We immediately uh, put in place a disaster relief program. We stopped all of our fees. We called our processor. That was one of the first okay. calls that we made. We stopped all fees. We you know, waived overdraft, ATM fees. We weren't going to charge our members to do any business with us. Um, we also put into place some emergency disaster relief loans to help people to rebuild um, their homes. And it was pretty much a, a regular signature loan, except the underwriting was a lot more lenient. There are people that need help out there, um, and we wanted to make sure we were there to offer that help. Um, one of the good things is that we are ancillary products like Gap and Warranty. Um, we do a great job at offering those to our members. So a, a ton of our members, thankfully, um, their loans were protected. And so the feeling that you get when someone calls in and says, hey, that car loan that I that I have with you guys that's due in a couple of weeks, well, I totaled that car, so I'm not going to be able to pay that loan off. Yeah. And you look into their account and you're able to say, oh, no, you know, wait. You have gap and warranty on your loan, and so don't worry about paying the car off. Your gap is going to take care of that, and we can actually refund you, you know, your warranty, the, the part of your warranty that's left over. So you may have a couple of dollars coming to you to help at this time. Like those members were forever grateful. They piled into the lobbies to get help with that because they, you buy products like that, and sometimes you forget that, you know, two years ago when I bought my vehicle, 
I protected it. So that made us feel really, really good. And these are stories that will help the next member when we can say, you know, what happened during the storm? Did you lose anything during the storm? Because our members that lost their vehicles, this is what we had in place for them. And I want to put that in place for you. Well, it's absolutely uh, some uh, great stories and great examples you're able to share. So I'm I'm very glad to hear that everything is uh, kind of on the road to recovery. That's wonderful. And uh, Shalanda, you were one of our, uh, or going to be featured in our rock star issue. Um, the, one of the things that stood out about your career and what you've done in credit unions is your uh, dedication toward networking and mentoring. And I wonder where that seed was planted with you. Is that something that you benefited from early on? And this is a a pay-it-forward kind of situation. Absolutely it is. You know, I started in credit unions um, fresh out of college. I was working at an ad agency years Mm -hmm. ago, and I got a call from a local credit union to come and work in their business development department. And I remember, you know, of course, as a credit union, they sponsored all of these wonderful events in their community, and we partnered with school districts. And so I found myself at a ton of galas and chamber luncheons and things. And you always kind of wonder, as a business development person, you know, what is my place in the room? And, you know, how do I stay connected to people? How do I get to know um, the other people that are here in my community? And how can I help? And what is my value in this organization? And I never forget, I went, I it was actually a CUNA, a CUNA event. Um, and Susan Tolson was a speaker. This was years ago, and I, yeah. I still remember this. And she spoke about the power of being a super connector at your credit union for the community that your credit union serves. And she taught us, it was, there was a group of us there for marketing and operations, and she taught us how um, to form genuine connections with people. And not that that's not something you don't already know, but I think sometimes it's not something you realize is so powerful in your career. And so she taught us about forming these genuine connections and figuring out what your business partners need, not from your credit union, but just in their business specifically. What's important to them? What Mm -hmm. are problems that they're trying to solve? And she said the closer you could get to trying to help them solve that problem, the more valuable your credit union is to their organization. So, you know, if their problem is morale, how can your credit union help with morale issues? And you would think, well, a credit union isn't, that's not what we're here for. But it is. There are ways to go about that. And then if if it's not the credit union that can help, how can you connect them to someone else that you're connected to that can help them to solve their problems? And that's what places the, the credit union should be the hub of the community. And so over the years, I've taken that and I've always, you know, held on to that piece of wisdom, and it's helped so much because we do. We we participate in a ton of organizations here at our credit union. Um, and then personally, I participate in a ton of organizations in the industry, and I always strive to try to connect people to other executives that I know that can help them with their need, whatever that may be. Even if there's no benefit to myself, there's no benefit to my credit union, just to be able to connect them to the source that they need to help drive their business forward. It's, it's really been rewarding for me, and it's something that I, I truly enjoy. Yeah, and it's, you know, and there's a, I was going to say there's a joy, kind of an inherent joy in being able to help people out in that fashion, and not just because it would come around to you again, but there is an element of that where, where I mean, if you're known as someone who helps people out, you can expect that people will come back and look out for you. Absolutely. And and so that's why I participate in a lot of, you know, I'm on the, the CUNA's 
board, the CUNA's board for marketing and business development. Mm-hmm. Um, I serve on a cornerstone board for marketing and business development. I actually don't work directly in marketing and business development anymore, um, but I enjoy the mentoring and the networking, and I enjoy connecting people and kind of, you know, showing people the things that helped me along the way. You know, banks have these huge research and development departments. A lot of larger organizations, um, all these fintechs, you know, some of them have huge research and development budgets where they're able to um, create new things quickly. Mm-hmm. In the credit industry, we, we're not always the largest organization, but we still have to compete with organizations, you know, 10, 20 times our size, and we have to do it effectively. Um, so one of the things that our industry does extremely well is mentoring. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It, it would have taken me 20 years to learn the things that some of my mentors along the way taught me. And so for me not to share that with, with other people in the industry, to share whatever, you know, little bits I have with other people that work in the industry, that would be a huge disservice. We, you know, We'd start over again. Every time you'd get a new executive, your whole, you know, the credit union would start at phase one. That that shouldn't be um, the way things work. So right. In order to propel our industry forward, we have to share the knowledge. And I, I actually think we do a great job of that in our industry, sharing that wisdom. Credit unions reach out to each other. We, I can pick up the phone and speak to someone at any credit union. I feel totally comfortable doing that. People reach out to me all the time to ask, hey, do you know someone that can help me with this? And hopefully I do, and if I don't, I'm going to try really, really hard to find that person for them. And I think that's the beauty of our industry. When you set up a credit union marketing roundtable in Houston that I think gets to a lot of this, and I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how that um, idea came into being and what it entails when you get together. Yeah. Well, we have. I work with an amazing group at Cornerstone. Uh, their Marketing and, and Business Development Council um, there are people in that council that I've looked up to for years. And so to be able to serve on a board with them, we're always looking for ways to help other marketers coming up in the ranks to make sure that we have resources out there um, for our fellow. And I, I harp on marketers a lot because I spent like 15 years as a credit union marketer and I love it. <laughs> right. Um, so we're always looking for ways to help other people coming up in the ranks to get the information they need quicker than we did. So that it, you know, it doesn't take you as long as it took us to learn everything. We're trying to give it to you earlier on. Um, and so that was a part of that. We have an education and mentoring committee that was putting on webinars uh, for credit union executives. And I thought, what a wonderful idea. But let me take that and kind of let me tweak it a little bit for our Houston market. Because in Houston, we, we are a hugging family type group. We want to get to know each other. And at one point, you know, years ago when things moved a little bit slower, it seems like everyone in the industry knew each other personally. It mm-hmm. was one big family. You went from one credit union to the next. And now, you know, the credit union's blessed with some great talent. And we've brought in talent from all these other, other industries. And I wanted to make sure that they still had a an opportunity to network together and share best best practices. And sometimes when you're in a webinar, it's kind of limited. You know, you hear the topic, you may ask your questions, but you don't really get to network with the people that are in the room as much as you would in person. So I volunteered to host one here in Houston, and we had about 20 organizations, 20 credit unions sent their um, 
marketing teams over to the roundtable. It was supposed to be a one-hour roundtable, and it ended up going, it was from 8 in the morning. I think we got out at like 2 in the afternoon. Oh, man. <laughs> and I had people calling back to their office like, no, okay, I know I said it was for an hour, but we're still here talking, and we're learning so much. We we had a top, we had a speaker come in and talk on marketing automation, and then when we finished with the speech, just to share best practices, just the power of someone in the room being in your, you know, being in the place that you were in before and you being able to help that person or someone in the room knowing the information that you've been seeking, you know, they have the solution to the problem that you're facing right now is invaluable. And so we sat in the room and we shared best practices and we talked about do's and don'ts and we talked about, you know, how did you find this and how do you calculate that? And it, it was an energy filled day. No one left. <laughs> we yeah. had to go. We had someone sponsor breakfast. We had to go buy our own lunch. Like we were literally <laughs> there together all day. Um, it, it was a great day. So we hope to have a lot more of those um, coming up. I hope to be able to sponsor a lot more. I know there's there's teams in other states also that are going to try to bring those to their area. It was a really fun day. And so now our next project we're working on, we just finished. Um, I co-authored a marketing guidebook for Cornerstone. Yes. Along with some other great people in credit unions um, from credit unions from Texas and Oklahoma and other places, we got together and we created this marketing guidebook kind of along those same lines that there's a lot of information that we have now where we're at in our career after, you know, we've been in the industry 15, 20 years. There's information that we have that we didn't have 10 years ago that we didn't know. We didn't even know that we didn't know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to compile it all into a guidebook to help uh, newer marketers in our industry to get a hold of that information a lot quicker. Um, there's really no receptacle for that right now in the credit union industry for marketers in, in particular. So we're just, we're just out there trying to solve problems and help people in their credit union to get the answers that they need. What are some of the primary principles in that guidebook that you try to express to people? Well, there's chapters on it's geared towards marketing and business development. The chapter that I wrote is geared for marketing analytics. Um, one of the things I learned the hard way as a marketer is that you're out there and, and you're, you're teaching to or you're talking to and, and begging your CEO <laughs> and your CFO <laughs> um, for dollars yeah. to spend on campaigns. And you have to know how to speak their language. And that's all, there's always a learning curve in that. There's always, you know, if you, if you start out in marketing, even at an extremely educated marketer, um, there's always a learning curve to get to the financial side of things because we want to make things look great and we want the members to love it. And, you know, we have all these ideas and I'm going to put it on social media and it's going to be awesome and it's going to look amazing. And over time, you learn that if I don't, speak the financial terms, if I don't understand the terminology, if I don't know how to affect the bottom line, if I can't read financials and understand when we need these things, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to be as effective. My campaigns aren't going to be as effective. You can run the same campaign, you know, at the wrong time and an awesome campaign will never take foot. So that's, you know, we try to put that stuff in the book. So my chapter is on marketing analytics, and it teaches them just key terms. It's really in, like an ABCs of analytics, and it teaches them some of the key terminology that they should know before they step foot into the boardroom or in the CEO's office to speak about campaigns and marketing analytics. Um, there's chapters on public relations. Um, we talk about everything, how to, how to create a marketing budget. 
um, business development and accountability in the business development department. So we uh, we really try to touch on. There's a number of chapters. I, top of my head, I can't even think of all of them. We we really try to touch on. Um, all the topics that were near and dear to us, all the things that we deal with on a daily basis that we really feel like, you know, compliance and things like that that are really important in the financial world, we put them into that guidebook. And refresh me on that. Is that out already or is that still yet to be released? And who can uh, get their hands on that? This is going to be released this fall. So it's in the Final stages, it's already been edited. It'll be released this fall um, by the Cornerstone Crediting League. So that'll be on Cornerstone's website. Um, and it's available for, it's, it's actually, it's available to the public, but any crediting marketer or CEO who, you know, just wants to know a little bit more about marketing, um, we'd love for them to pick the book up. We've actually started going uh, to conferences and, and doing speaking engagements to kind of introduce people to some of the topics in the book. So, uh, we spoke at the Cornerstone Leadership Conference just a, a few weeks ago, actually, and we're speaking at the Cornerstone Marketing and Business Development Conference coming up in October. So we're already advertising it. By the end of the year, they can go to the Cornerstone League's website and purchase the guidebook for themselves. Oh, great. Well, congratulations on uh, your role in that. That sounds like a very interesting and exciting project. It really is. It's exciting. It's it's really rewarding to be able to share and to learn from the other chapters um, that my colleagues are writing. It's really an exciting process. You mentioned there about the education process for marketers in relation to CEOs. Do you, is there a, a reverse factor in that as well, and especially with how much uh, the situation has changed in the marketplace with digital becoming so huge and different pathways that you want to explore. What do you what do you try to educate uh, CEOs about these days in terms of the value of marketing? Absolutely. You know, there's so much out there and, and there's so many new forms of media for you to become engaged in. Social media, you know, took off and it's huge and it, it's it's really launched itself. Um there's there's so much in the digital space. There's so much with you know, marketing automation is a huge topic now. Um, and so there's so much available. Um, my advice to any executive, any CEO or board member, any, you know, marketer is to make sure that it meets your need. It, it, just because it's shiny and it looks great doesn't mean that it, it fits your target market and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's going to fit your objective. So a lot of this stuff is really new and exciting. We just have to make sure that it fits what we're trying to do. Um, now, the good thing about technology is a lot of it is really inexpensive. It's, it's not expensive to try, and I always tell people, try it out. If you think it's going to work for you, try it out, and let's see. Nothing beats, you know, someone that tries except someone that doesn't try. <laughs> you know, nothing, that's not, I don't think that's the way they're <laughs> So, you know, I always tell people, try it out. Try it and see if that's going to fit, fit your need and if it's going to meet the objectives that you have for your campaign. I uh, I can picture marketers trying to explain to a CEO about the need to be on Snapchat, for instance. That'd uh, yeah. be an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I you know I think you have to have fun with marketing on financial institutions. There's a lot of creative things out there um, that you can be a part of as a financial institution. You know, when you go out on social media, your members don't want to be sold to on social media. Mm -hmm. They want to be engaged on social media. And so Snapchat's a huge one. Facebook, Instagram, you know, those are huge ways to increase member engagement. 
and they have to look at it as such. Those aren't really ways to pull in, you know, huge loan campaigns and things like that, but it's a way to show your members your brand, show them who you are and what you stand for, um, show them the things you support in your community. It's a way to have, you know, open dialogue and, and conversa- conversation with your members um, in a really quick, easy, inexpensive way. You can get a ton of members on there really quickly and easily, you know, for just a few marketing dollars and have a, a huge reach. And so those are some really fun things that credit unions are getting involved in. I'm really excited about that. You touched on market marketing automation. Explain to us where you're seeing that being implemented and uh, some of the things that are on the horizon that are coming our way. Well, especially with onboarding of members. Um, marketing automation. A lot of credit unions have marketing automation in addition to a customer relationship management software um, that really what marketing automation does is help you to perform deep dives in your membership and target them with campaigns and offers that are meant for them, that fit their lifestyle, that fit, you know, the trends that you're seeing in their accounts and and the account usage that's shown in your system. So it's a way to help use the data that you have to be more effective. A lot of people use it with member onboarding because, you know, everyone knows in the first 90 days of opening up an account, that's when your members are more likely to pay attention to the things that you're offering. That's when they're more curious about, you know, what is it that this credit union has again and what can I do here and what types of accounts do they have? Mm-hmm. So what marketing automation does is let you set up parameters in your system that basically say, you know, if this member meets this criteria, then automatically send them this piece of information. So it may be, you know, if this member didn't, they opened a savings uh, at account opening, but they didn't open a checking in 12 days, send them out an email that's already, you know, pre-created in the system that, you know, your marketing team has worked behind the scenes in advance and created all these pieces. Yes. Um, But in 12 days, send them this checking account advertisement because our research shows, you know, our new members within two weeks, if they don't open a checking, you know, this is hypothetical, you know, in 12 days, if they don't open a checking, then it won't be successful. So then in 12 days, I want to send them a checking account advertisement. Sure. In three months, I want to send them, you know, so it allows you to automate some of the things that would have been a manual process, that it, it would have taken someone on the marketing team to pull a mailing list and to scrub that list and to physically go and drop those off at the post office to design a piece. Well, now all of that is built into the system. So it allows you to get more accomplished. The things that are that are routine, that you know need to be done every single time if certain parameters are met, they're routinely done during through the system. And so now your marketing team has time freed up to be spent doing more strategic things, things that are more growth-oriented and more creative than just the daily functions of the department. So what it allows you to do is to run a more robust department mm-hmm. um, with fewer people, you know, to be quite honest. You know, it doesn't take as many hands to touch things to get them out. And so it's really been something – it started larger credit unions, you know, really kind of dove into the marketing automation scene first. But now we're seeing even a lot of smaller credit unions manually setting up uh, systems to pull reports in so that they can automate some of their marketing features. Well, a, it sounds like a great advance, especially with many credit unions dealing with, you know, kind of restrictions on labor. A lot of one, two, three-person marketing departments out there that would really benefit from this. 
Absolutely. We see that a lot. And so, you know, especially now that the use of marketing automation systems is becoming more popular, um, these systems are becoming a lot more affordable, just like any, you know, any other type of technology. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing them trickle down even into the really small credit unions. They're, they're able to run a more robust department. And if you're competing with larger organizations, you have to be able to, you know, get your offers out there in a timely manner, just like the, the larger organizations are. And so it's really been a huge help to our industry. And Shalana, looking back on your career in marketing, you come up, try to come up with ideas that'll make a mark and leave a mark and make an impression on people. What's an example of one of the crazier things that you did that worked? And, and maybe what's a lesson that you learned from something that didn't quite pan out the way you thought it did? <laughs> Well, I, the good thing is that I've, I've worked for some really awesome managers. Um, and when I came into the industry, I told them, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but if you give me an opportunity, I think I can figure it out. And they did just that. And so uh, I, as far as stuff that doesn't work, I've tried so much when I, when I started out that did not work, that absolutely, totally failed and was a waste of the credit union's time and money. <laughs> Um, But those are the things that you learn the most from. Those are the funner things. You know, those are the things that kept me up in the middle of the night. But those are the things that I really had a lot of fun with, you know, trying to create youth accounts when I had no idea how accounts worked back when I first, you know, got started in marketing. Um, And it flopped. It totally flopped. But being able to say that and being able to take full responsibility and to learn from um, those, those experiences was huge, was invaluable. And so there was, I can't remember one specifically because there was so many times. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that I, that I did learn, so, you know, the youth account, for example, is my, is one that I, that I always remember because it was the first new account I wanted to start in credit unions. I came in and I was like, I'm a young manager. And so I'm close to the youth. I know what they like. And right. so this account is going to be awesome because if I was 18, I would love this account. And that account flopped so bad. Like, so immediately bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so it did not work at all for a number of different reasons. But the main reason was because as a younger marketer, I truly didn't understand um, back office. I didn't understand Mm. the teller line and and the way a transaction is handled i didn't understand back office and the way and the way deposits are taken in taken in and how they affect the credit union i didn't understand any of those processes so i was really performing in a silo of mm-hmm. you know this is how i think it should work and i think it's going to look great and from a marketing standpoint the pieces are going to be awesome and it didn't flop because the members didn't like it it flopped because it was too hard to keep up with in-house. It was too hard and too cumbersome for our frontline staff to support it. And so that was one of my biggest lessons mm-hmm. in credit unions is that in any organization outside of even credit unions, it has to be interdepartmental. You have to understand the bigger picture outside of just your department. I have to learn accounting so that I know, you know, if I'm going to do a skip a pay campaign how does that affect back office? Who's going to handle, who's actually physically going to place those skipped payments in our system or who's going to, what happens to that person's payment when it comes in and they've, you know, they've already applied for this campaign. So knowing how every little thing that you do in your role affects all of the other people in your organization 
was a huge learning moment for me. And so from that moment on, I, you know, I was a sponge. I want to know how every <laughs> single thing works. <laughs> I want to know how every piece of everything worked because, you know, that account should have made it. That should have been a star on yeah. in my book. And it was not because of that. But it, it taught me a lesson. And so I've been open. And I anything people teach me, I write it down. I want to learn it. I want to know how it works. How can I help your department? You know, I've worked at a financial institution before where they told us, um, as marketers, you should consider yourself a service organization, and your clients are not only your members, but the other departments in the credit union. How can mm. you help the other departments? How does your campaign service the loan department? How does your campaign help to service the collections department? So making sure that you take all of those people into consideration when you are in the creation stage. And that, that's been huge for me. That's really helped me in my career to be able to develop campaigns that not only the members are responsive to, um, but when they come in the credit union, we're able to, you know, fully support these campaigns and you know it's a smooth transition for our back office as well yeah anyone who has been through that situation i'm sure will tell you you can never underestimate the value of internal support for an idea in a campaign yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so we have me you know if, if i'm doing a skip payment campaign i have an accounting meeting and i want to talk to accounting about automatic payments and how they work and when they come in if i've skipped this member's payment where does his money go from his payroll deduction you know mm -hmm. questions like that that i never would have thought to ask i just threw it up there i, I made a poster that poster was pretty that account was going to work <laughs> and boy did i learn quick <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and, and you continue to learn. I can tell just from the way that you look at uh, the, the world and try to try to pick up tips from other people. What's some resources that you turn to these days to try to stay on top of you know it, trends in marketing and operations throughout the credit union movement? Well, I I feel that you know I'm definitely a social person. I I read a lot on the websites. I definitely go to CUNA's website. Um, they have a lot of regulatory and compliance help, and yes. it really breaks it down. I, I love the way it breaks it down for people to get the information they need, but then they also highlight, you know, what's most important. And, okay, these are the things that you have to take from this regulation. Um, but being a social person, I also value people. I, I really value the connections that, you know, we make with each other. And, and my best resource, you know, once I moved over into operations, the, the best thing I could do is to call another operations person and say, hey, this is the problem that I'm having. And how did you handle this? And how does that look at your credit union? And help me out. And credit unions are so open and amazing. And so people have really opened up a, a lot of, and I tell people all the time, I must have no life because all of my friends are credit union employees. <laughs> are credit union employees. Um, but it's because of that. I, I, I do. I try to reach out to other credit union employees and see how they've done it. Credit unions are here to help each other to grow, and I think that's what's unique and amazing about our industry. Um, and so I, I try to reach out to others. I, I'm a part of our local credit union chapter, and so we get together and we share best practices and we have topics that, you know, we have speakers to come and engage us on topics. But your best resource is always going to be someone who's been there before. It's always going to be someone who's been down that road and has already solved that riddle um, before. So I would say, re you know, my thing is reaching out to other executives who can lend a helping hand. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. 
subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. If you'd like to learn more about this rock star and the more than 50 other credit union rock stars named by Credit Union Magazine this year, visit news.cuna.org slash rockstar.